Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports domestics microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street, and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Play-by-play call of the day. He was never a great three-point shooter, but Giannis Antetokounmpo has made himself better every year. In the heart, and B clears some space for him. James, step back three, off the mark, and B the rebound, blocked near the cup. Side position. Ooh, I don't know. That looked like a clean block from that angle. Ooh. Yep. Antetokounmpo getting to it before the backboard touches it. In the back to the future moment, that was yesterday's play-by-play call of the day, but that's all right. Giannis hit a three last night, big shot, won the game for them. Night before against the Sixers, and just another woeful effort by Philadelphia. What? Bad? No, accurate. (laughs) Not as bad as uh, my execution on that right there. Look, when it comes to execution, people are in favor of mine. Don't worry about it. Oh, sorry. Wrong way to go about it? Just kidding. Okay. All right. Let's get to John Crispin here. John, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, man. I appreciate you having me. My my relevance is fleeting, so I'm happy to still be talking hoops, brother. (laughs) Here's a a guy who was a part of the 2000 Penn State NIT team that went to the Final Four and then the next year went to the NCAA. So he has a great perspective on it. John, uh, I want to start with the state state of the game, if you don't mind. We have had yeah. the, we had the lowest scoring NCAA tournament since 2015. They had yep. loosened the rules up in 15 for more freedom of movement, and it seemed to be paying off. So you and I sit down, rack up some video here. You know what are a couple of changes that the game needs to think about? to make this a more entertaining game than it is now? Well, first, if you're going to do something like freedom of movement, uh, the idea is to create balance on the floor. You also have to define what freedom of the contact sport. And there are times where blowing the whistle to basically reinforce or enforce freedom of movement is great in theory. But blowing the whistle a lot gets in the way of the flow of the game. It gets in, in the way of the rhythm of the game. And I think that's something that we saw with that freedom of movement. We celebrated it because scoring was up, but so was free throw shooting. 
and free throw shooting isn't good for the game. Uh, obviously, a foul's a foul, but when you're shooting a lot of one and ones early in the half, and you're shooting fouls with eight minutes left to go in the half, right? I'm not sure that's really for basketball either. Right. So I think you have to define what acceptable contact is, along with that freedom of movement. First and foremost, just get get the two hands off of the ball handler. It's an advantage gained by the defense. You have to call it early. Now, I think the other key to that is give these guys six fouls. You know, what happens in our game is you don't want to call that foul because the old coaches are saying you're taking my best player off the floor or you're, let's just say what it is, you're, you're neutering my best player early in the game so my best player can't be aggressive. I think if you go six fouls, you can establish how you're going to call that game early without taking the best players on the floor. I think that's that's a good first step. Now, I have a ton of other rule changes, but I don't know how long your show is, man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, let, let, let's do a couple simplistic things. Tug of the shirt, to me, is a foul. Okay? 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 So that's well, one. Why are we taking time? Why are we taking time to tuck the shirt in? Right. Tuck it in. No, no, no I'm foul. talking about, I like I, I talking about the tug of the shirt. Right? You, you know, oh, tug of the shirt. Right. Yeah, in other words, they grab the shirt. As, as they're going around screen, it happens all the time. That's a foul. You got to stop that, right? And yep. then, and then the other one I can't stand. I can't stand them calling a foul on the dribble handoff. They like, stop. Just no, let. Simple. Just let them play. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. a moving screen. I'll knock it off. It's a dribble handoff. Hey Steve, think about this. It's a moving screen, yet the defense is switching. Yes. How does that make sense? Right. It's just defense, the guy jumps in front of the guy who's basically just free roll to the basket. You jump in front of him and take contact with a screener or the guy handing the ball off, and it's a foul. It's it's nonsensical, man. I don't get it. Should the lane be wider? Yes. I've been saying it for three years. I said, if you're going to go to an extended three-point line, the only reason why you don't widen the lane is that so the old purists can say, well, well we're not the NBA. Yeah, you're not the NBA, obviously. Your score is 65-60. But you extended the three-point line to create better spacing on the floor. Everybody can shoot it. Yet you didn't widen the lane. Why don't you widen the lane, extend that restricted arc out further, and all of a sudden now we're talking about a little bit more free-flowing game, less of those bad block charges. And adapt the gather rule. For those block charges that they seemingly cannot get right that determine the outcome of a game, and we get, we're working on uh, the right to verticality, and I say working on it because clearly not getting it, uh, i.e. Chet Holmgren against Arkansas. Right. Uh, we're not getting that right. Figure the gather rule out. So we get rid of some of those bad block charges that are plays at the rim. They should be plays at the rim, not plays on the floor. It's not a basketball play sliding in while someone's trying to score. You know, legal guarding position is a lot different than that block charge uh, rule. So I think that's that's key. We've got to get that figured out. And I'll tell you the other one, give me a fourth official. There's enough money. Give me a fourth official. He's your review official. He's standing there in front of the DBS sports equipment, and there are no timely delays that impact the game. And those impacts on the game often come late, and they eliminate coaching from end-of-game situations where coaches seemingly have 10 fouls or 10 timeouts at the end of a game because of all those reviews. It's, right. it's absurd. Uh, by widening the lane, by the way, that also means the, the restrictive arc would be expanded. And that, that yeah. to me, is a big part of it because 90 per, 90% of block charges, you and I know, are blocks. Yes. Yes. 
and they're not basketball plays. No, they are not basketball let me plays. Let in front of this guy and 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 hold my uh, hold my particulars and and say that I'm playing defense. The reality is you were late, and I'm getting tired of rewarding it. We we talk about trying to get flopping out of the game. The most flopping occurs on those block charges, and the, the reason why these kids do it is because they get rewarded for it. Flop should be a technical foul, automatic. 100%. Class B technical. Yeah, I mean, it should, automatic. It should, I mean, a flop should be a technical foul right away. Just, I just want to get more scoring back into the game. Even if it's like yeah. another three, four points a game uh, where at least you feel, in other words, stop grabbing shirts on screens, okay? Stop penalizing dribble handoffs. The officials penalize it. Well, it's a point of emphasis. Point of emphasis? Come on. Cut, cut me a break. Well, stop remember- penalizing offense. Well, remember this. Point of emphasis means imbalance. Yes. If something's going to be a point of emphasis. There needs to be a counter to that point of emphasis where you establish what a legal screen or a legal handoff is. Also, you have to empower these officials to read the game. Yeah. If you're doing this against Villanova and you're saying, hey, they're switching one through five, I can't call that dribble handoff where the guy makes contact with the other defender who is now occupying that man. I can't call that as a foul. So, so you do have to trust the instincts of officials, which is certainly not the case because Big Brother is looming, man. They're watching. Yeah, I mean, and all the time. I love the idea of a fourth official. I also think that the the Major League Baseball is doing this, and I've advocated this for a long. This is a very small thing, but to me, little things. You do enough little things, they equal big things. Okay, the lead the lead ref needs to be mic'd to tell the crowd in the arena what what the ruling is. All right, I I agree. You agree. You can't. You cannot make the home experience better than the arena experience. Yes, because they come to us and they tell us what's going on, and we then relay that message to the fans, who then understand. Oh, okay, this is what happened and why. Uh, I actually like. I like how the NBA does. It. Yes, uh, with the with the video feed too. I think that's good. But I think that camera should be on the fourth official. I agree. No, I I, I agree. The fourth official could be the engaging part of the game for the fan base. The fourth official could be the one that actually does announce what the call was. Yes. So I just just think there's – but Steve, the biggest issue to me, we haven't really adapted to the game. And this is typical of the NCAA, right? One of my core values is to adapt without changing who you are. Right. Right? It's it's natural that – the world progresses. Things evolve. People's ideals evolve, evolve. And the idea is you have to adapt, but you can't do it by changing who you are. Right. And the FDAA, gosh almighty, that I don't think they want to do either. They don't want to adapt, yet they keep changing who they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, 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 they say, a name, image, and likeness is now okay. Well, you're not adapting to the game. You're just putting Band-Aids on issues. Wow. And I think adapting to the game is recognizing the strengths of the kids today. Yeah, it's and that's not name, image, and likeness. That's not branding. That's skill set, and the skill set is an NBA level skill set. Everybody's learning how to handle the basketball. So you have five men who are passers and dribblers. How are we honoring that skill set? We're not. Right. And I think that's what frustrates me the most is we haven't adapted rules to support what the game is today. Well, the NCAA doesn't lead, okay? that That's that's my biggest problem with the NCAA, whether it's name, image, and likeness, or whatever. Name, image, and likeness, they won't do anything because they're afraid of lawsuits. 
Just lead. Uh, well, yep, just yep, lead, well, okay? You can't have your legal counsel be the leader in the room. You just look at them and go, you know what? We're going to do this, and we'll, right? Because we think it's the right thing to yep. do. Yeah. How about, whatever happened to education? How quickly did they bail on education as a value to oh. college student athletes? Oh. Bail. Somebody bailed on it. Yeah. And it just shows, it shows a cowardice, to be honest. But, but Steve, i got to tell you, it looks political to me. And it looks political in the form of let's just maintain our power. Let's maintain what we make money on yeah. to the best of our ability when the reality is you were doomed the second you gave up control. Yeah. Like you were doomed the second you catered to the angry mob that is Twitter, which makes up 30% of our population. And of that 30%, 10% actually engages. Right. So who are you answering to? Exactly. You know, just just hard to say, but just because Jay Billis can can rally a, a, a crowd through Twitter doesn't mean we should cater to them. Stand on your two feet and say, this is what we are all about. This is what we represent. This is what we stand for. If you don't like it, go ahead and go to the NBA. Right. Go ahead. That's... Go to the G League. If you don't like what we have to offer, go. Uh, and the fact that agreed. they file names like this with no control whatsoever, we now have collectives which are nothing but recruiting enticements. And yeah. if you don't have it, I know Penn State has success with honor now. Yeah. If you don't have that, you're not getting kids, which right. tells me the NCAA failed miserably in this regard. Right. Because what they did was, I mean, I mean we're going to go to Congress. No, no yeah. do it yourself. Okay, I realize every state has their own law. That's why Quinn Ewers ended up going to Ohio State for one year and then transferred finally to Texas because the Texas law on someone his age is different than the Ohio Ohio law. I got it. Yep. But that's because the NCAA wouldn't lead on it. They had had something that looked like they were close, and they're like, "Well," and the lawyers like, "Stop it, lead." Yep. It's okay. Yep. Oh, and by the way, is it okay to have a scholarship? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's yep. like they forgot that value that it, like having a scholarship's really, really good. It's really good. Well, we 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 have bailed on education. We've bailed on the value of a scholarship, and that to me is deplorable. That's that's weak. And you know, we talk about you hear you hear Bill talk about a lot where you know what's missing in the in the NCAA, and it's basically an an authority. And ultimately, that's what leadership should be. It should be an authority over the game. The reality is we seem to, we seem to be pursuing anarchy more than authority, mm-hmm. and, and that concerns me. You know, I, I, you watch a lot of basketball anarchy, and that means basketball without boundaries, where guys just roll the balls out and they play. It's like, in the end, that doesn't work. In the end, that gets beaten. The idea is to have boundaries, and within those boundaries, there's a lot of freedom. But you need to be clear and concise as to what those boundaries are. And that, to me, is what's missing in our world. It's not the NCA. It's our world. It's cowards catering to the angry mob on social media, when in reality, you should be leadership that establishes the true narrative, what you really are. Now, the problem is you got to be consistent. And consistency is ultimately what's missing in leadership. And what's difficult in games is when you have to play from behind all day. Yeah. Okay? What you're yep. talking about in real life is you're always reacting to something because you're playing from yep. behind. You're not playing from in front. Yep. And we talk about wanting to be progressive in so many ways. It's impossible to be progressive and reactionary. Yep. It's only possible to be progressive 
and, and, and honestly having a vision that you can chase that is consistent with what you stand for. I mean, look, if you want to get this right, NCA, you really need to establish some new bylaws. Mm-hmm. And you need to say, this is, this is how we're going to hold people accountable, uh, of which we will be held accountable for standing by what we are. Now, part of that is, you know, you are going to have to, you're going to have to open up. There's going to be require some transparency in that regard. And quite frankly, I think the world with social media, with the internet, the age of information, the age of information requires transparency. And I think that's a big issue for the NCAA. I think it's something they're concerned with. All right. So now the games themselves, just for a change of pace, if you don't mind. (laughs) Villanova plays at a pace that is, um, it's deliberate. And I think, and they're about 21 seconds of possession, right around there. They're in the bottom, you know, 5% of, of pace. Kansas wants to ratchet it up and down the floor. How important is it going to be, A, for Villanova to establish that pace, but then play with the lead with that pace? Well, I think that's key, given the fact that you don't have Justin Moore. Um, now, their pace is funny. Like, when they have seven or eight, where you can trust having eight legitimate players to, to work in your rotation, they will pick up the pace a little bit more, but you're not going to see them push. They honestly look like a more skilled version of Virginia back in the day, where they don't look to push unless they have numbers. Or they're very calculated with when they push. They don't like to crash the offensive glass. They don't really have the size anyway. They just get back. They take transition away. So I, I think the key is to be calculated with your pace where if you have an advantage, you've got to take it because you do not want to play against a set defense for a team that does have depth, that does have length and physicality. So you do have to take advantage of opportunities. But, but when you take a shot, just get back. The, the amount of points you're going to get on secondary, you know, uh, you know, you know offensive rebound, second-chance points versus what you're going to give up in transition, it's not worth it. So that's how you control pace. You control rhythm more so than you control pace. Right. And I think that's the difference between Villanova and the old Virginia. Virginia was focused on tempo and pace. Villanova is really – they're more calculated than that. It's more about the rhythm of the game, where they control the rhythm of the game. They like to operate in the half court with this experienced group, the experienced group that knows how to switch and communicate defensively, but also play an inside out with guards they're able to control that rhythm, whereas if it's slow like that, Kansas doesn't have the flow and the rhythm that they like. And they're going to go against a team that wants to push it. It's interesting, and I I brought this up earlier, uh, Bill Self wants Harris is going to start again. Everybody's like, why not Remy Martin? Uh, Look, when you talk to Joe all the time, Joe will tell you, like, the kids he puts on the floor are the kids he trusts. I sense Bill Self long haul trusts Harris, because Martin, to me, just my opinion, right? There's that line between aggressiveness and recklessness, yep. and he and he flirts with it. Yep. Yep. And I, it's one of those things where if he's coming off the bench, you can live with mistakes more so than if he was starting the game. Agreed. You know, people don't understand the difference of that, where you can be a spark plug, and if it's not your night, it's not your night. It's really hard when you're a starter and expected to play starters minutes, establish a rhythm to the game, establish a pace and a tempo to the game from a guy that you don't fully trust to be team first. And their their biggest strength is not their individuals, even Oshai Baji, not their biggest strength. Mm-hmm. Their biggest strength is their balance. And ultimately, 
you're not going. Dewan Harris is going to give you better balance, even though he ain't going to look to score, and then they may not even cover him. Right. Well, now Duke, North Carolina, third time around. So so far the, uh, in playing, yeah. Duke has been the better team for 58 minutes, and North Carolina for 22. Last two minutes of the first half, yeah. uh, which kind of turned that game. Then the second half with just five guys. They didn't go to the bench once. They dominated the second half. I'll start with this. What has Jeremy Roach meant, the reinsertion of him into the starting lineup? What has that meant to stabilizing how Duke plays? Well, you got a guy who's showing the willingness to, to create, take, and make individual plays, make shots. You know, and, and that really is a, it's balance on a different level for this team. Balance not through ball movement, balance through playmaking. Yeah. Where you can't keel on one guy or the other. You know, A.J. Griffin, he, there was a time where he emerged and the team took a little step back. And it was almost as if every player that emerged into their role, not emerged as an individual, but as every, as every player emerged into their role, and I said this earlier in the season, and some people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you got to think about these things. You can't just think on the surface all the time think about this a player steps up into a bigger role even though it is their own role it's an adjustment of that team though that personnel has to adjust to their own personnel there's an adjustment from within there's a comfort that you have to develop that is all right here's how i get mine based on aj griffin being more of a star right here's how jerry coach gets his based on A.J. Griffin doing what he does, Trevor Keels doing what he does, yep. and Paolo Bancaro getting the ball he likes it. Yep. So it's just been time for these guys to adjust to their own personnel. And, again, people say, well, what does that mean, adjust to your own personnel? How do you not know your own personnel? You don't know your own personnel until you play games. Right. Until you've been tested and lose, until you fail. And these are kids that they haven't failed in their entire lives. You know, they're learning this for the first time. So I think Jeremy Roach got a chance to sit. He also played enough over last year and this year to know how to watch the game, which is incredible. I can't tell you the importance of that. If you know how to watch when you're sitting, you know how to impact when you get back. And I think you're seeing that. You're seeing the maturity of Jeremy Roach more so than anything else. North Carolina crushed him with a high ball and uh, 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 high ball scream in the second half of that game. They yep. over and over and over. This is part of Hubert yep. Davis' system. It's a little bit different than Roy's. They had to adapt to it. All yep. right? uh, so, A, the key to North Carolina running that, and then finally, uh, Duke, how they need to adjust to it. Because obviously, you know, in obviously the swirl of that atmosphere, they just did nothing with it. Yeah, well, it's it's two separate coverages. Uh, if Brady yep. Maddox the one setting the screen, you switch. It's really simple. You switch. You switch and force the toughest jumper possible. Absolutely. Um, if yep. it's Baycock, go under and you force long threes. Yep. North Carolina is not going to beat you with long threes. Now, no. Caleb Love can put on a show and have that kind of performance, and that's great, but North Carolina is not going to beat Duke that way. It's, it's, it's simple. You know, it, they're going to have to do a lot more than just have one guy have have a great performance so it's two different kinds of coverages if it's Baycott you just go under you force that tough shot you, yes. you force that ball screen as high as possible yep. you hug up and you go under and then if it's Brady Manic, you just switch and you live with that 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 forces Carolina into situational counters and I'm interested to see what they do in a situational counter no one's made them do it and, and they're coming off of, you know, arguably an easy game. Yes. And now they're playing a Duke team, a team of destiny, a team that's motivated by two things, right? One is 
hey, man, I want to go out and beat North Carolina. I was there on the court with 70-some former Duke players looking at us like we're failures. Yep. I want to go beat North Carolina mm-hmm. on this stage. And the other one, we can't lose this game. Right. You know, desperation's a good motivator, man. Uh, like, I'll never pick a fight with a guy who's desperate. Not a chance. So I think that, that desperation part of this destiny is going to be hard to overcome. So I think you're going to get a great effort from Duke. I, I do think Duke wins this one and probably takes on Kansas, at which point, who knows, man. Yeah. John, great conversation, as always. I know we covered a lot of ground. I know there's more ground to cover, but thanks a lot. This was tremendous. Yeah. Hey, man, my pleasure. Anytime. All right, John Crispin. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Women's Final Four tonight, men's Final Four tomorrow. It's time to stock up right now at Brewers Outlet Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, lots and lots of snacks. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street, in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the king. King. Hey, Will Smith here. Oh, jeez. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Get my wife's name off your mouth. What a moron. I just lost hey, another 50 yeah. brain cells. Enfield, David Street is no longer owned by A. Jones. Gone. Closed today. Built in 1960. Gone. What? Built in 1960. Years. Yep, gone. Got new owners. I don't know who they are, but but it all went through very smoothly, and it's all done. Bingo! Oh I've been there every day for the last four months, and now I don't know what to do with myself. If I go there now, I'll be trespassing. So, uh, I 
guess I won't go. So. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> just back just home from a common sense. You common sense point of view. Tough game. Yeah, no. Did they uh, did they use Google Maps to go to the airport? Did they use? I don't know why they get lost. We, no, because they haven't left the state the entire tournament. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, that's all about you know. It's all it, look. They fill if the I place, have a, if, you know? if if I have an enterprise, if I have an enterprise, in all honesty, that's losing yeah. fourteen million dollars. Yeah. And that's what the NCAA women's tournament loses. Last year it was two point eight, but it was in one location. All right. On, yep. In general, the women's tournament loses fourteen million dollars a year. I'm doing everything I can to get fans into seats and at least getting tickets sold. Absolutely, I mean, UConn every game in Connecticut in the tournament, right through. I think they started at Mohegan, then they went to Bridgeport, but they sold out every game. So right, that's not so, going mean, to happen in comes Alabama. To. You know, it's just All right, right. It just I feel I do feel for the for like NC State in that you're the number one seed. It's yeah. like and you have to play in the road. <laughs> wait, 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 we're the yeah, number but one it's seed. All predetermined. No, and you're a hundred percent right. It wasn't fair for them, but they also get it, you know. They Oh no, you know. they understand. They understand it's the only way to to you know you know, the ratings have been up they've been up eleven percent. Which is great, um, so that's that's been a, a positive. Uh, I know that they really can't make any money off the women's tournament until they uh, get a separate TV contract. The question is going to be when that happens: Do you have bidding on the contract, or do you just have one entity bidding for the contract? If you have one entity, they're not going to go in there and give you everything they got. You need yeah. to have multiple groups bidding for it. I'm not so I'm not so sure that's going to happen. It's it's gotten bigger because other teams have gotten involved. There's a little bit more parity, you know. Yeah, they're getting well, no doubt. better. You know, UConn's not the king of the roost anymore. But, no, no. Um, they're still there, which is just. I mean, can you imagine? I think this is their 14th straight Final Four. Right. I mean, exactly. that's just come on. I, no matter what, that's just really, really. It's hard to make it that far, and the oh, teams but, uh, and they yeah. didn't have an easy ride to get to the final four. They had a couple of close games, and that North Carolina game. That that kid is so good. Um, oh, I, I got Brianna Stewart's name in my head. But, Talking about um, Paige Beckers. Paige, I mean, oh she, my God. She, I mean, she had I mean, reconstructive her... knee surgery in November. Right. Well, to her credit, to her credit, she played a great overtime after making a massive mistake at the end of regulation, yeah, and I give her a lot of credit for that. I mean, yeah, let's face she it, she hasn't played all year. Right. You know, you come out of a time, you come out of a timeout, but you come out of your timeout and you get a shot clock violation. You yeah. can't do that. I'm <laughs> no. sorry. That's no. that's bad basketball. Uh, yeah. As simple as that. You just had a timeout. All right. Then in overtime. She played tremendous. I mean, oh, I give God, her credit. She She's going back home. She was eight, and she made all of her free throws. Yeah. I, she, she said, give me the ball, you know. But she's like a lot of the great players. Um, she makes everybody else on the court play better. 
just because she's out there. And yeah, Tom Brady makes the rest of the team play better because he's out there. It's not necessarily him. It's just the fact he's there, you know. And it, it, Paige Beckers does that, and she's not selfish. And, I mean, people don't – because people don't follow the sport. She blew her knee out completely in yeah, November. Yeah, Yep. And she is playing on a high level right now. And this was the first time she let it go. She, and it was like, give me the ball. We're going to win this game. You know, and that, that that's just, that's Diana Tarazi stuff. I've always felt that the, I follow sports pretty close. One of the greatest things I have ever seen was the year Diana Tarazi won her final national championship. That team stunk. They were not good. She was the reigning player of the year. She let her whole game, her scoring, she only averaged 14 points a game because she knew that she had to get this team to play as a team to advance in the tournament. Then once they got to the Sweet 16, she said, okay, game on. <laughs> and she yeah. averaged like 35 a game, and they won the national championship. And right. she knew how to win. She was a coach on the court. And yeah. it was one of the most amazing things I've seen an athlete do. So she put her own game behind for the good of the team. And then when it was time to turn it on, she said, give me the ball. Let's go. So. Like Gina well, Matt, would say, we have Diana and you don't. <laughs> so. uh, Matt's all excited because of the standings. Uh, oh, I was, yeah. I was telling him, oh, win. yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you, you give him my I got to win every game. <laughs> yes, I did. And I told him your new nickname, too, I gave you. What's that? Uh, 45 or something? Yeah, Mr. 45 oh, heart rate. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, well... But I envy that sometimes, honestly. Well, you ought to envy it all the time. You need, you need to call. You need to calm down. <laughs> you, need, you should envy that all the time. I, I mean, let's face it. I mean, you get so worked up, you keep CVS in business. <laughs> I, I can't get worked up at sports no more. That's, I don't know. Too much going on. Too much money. Too much money. Oh. Well, speaking of money, let's take a break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, one more go around. Final four time for all the marbles. Literally. Oh, my goodness. A reason to live. <laughs> So, our standings coming into this weekend. I am 20 and 15. Steve is 20 and 15. King is 18 and 17. You both went 2 and 2 last week. I went 3 and 1. So, that means King has still a chance to win should he go unbeaten and Steve and I both lose all of our games. We're going to pick both Final Four games and then we're going to pick our championship game in winner. I'm ready, baby. <laughs> All right, let's kick but things off. I need to know who you're picking. All right, well, here we go. We're, we're going <laughs> to kick things off 
with Nova and Kansas 609 tomorrow evening in New Orleans. Steve, who you got? All right, so with Villanova, they have they're really two different teams, a bigger team with their starters and a smaller one when they bring Caleb Daniels onto the floor. The problem is without more, they are now just one team. No Justin Moore, they're only a one team now. And I don't care what anybody says. I think Colin Gillespie's banged up. I mean, that fall against Michigan was awkward. I'm going to go with Kansas. Um, hey, look, Harris is not exceptional as a point guard. He's just average. Martin flirts that line with aggressiveness and and uh, and recklessness. Abaji, for some reason, has been passive in this tournament. But the guy I don't think they can handle is David McCormick. I'll go with Kansas. King, who you got? Nova. I love the coach. All right. Sticking with Nova. Well, the East, I, baby. I said, I said in the opening of the show, I think Jay Wright, because he is a brilliant coach, will find a way to keep his team in it. But I think mid to late second half, you're going to see Kansas have a similar surge to what they did against Miami in the second half and they're going to pull away because I think Nova's going to run out of gas. Depth-wise and just in general. So I'm going to go with Kansas. Plus, they are my champ. So I am sticking with the Jayhawks. Next. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, I, I I just can't wait for this game. Duke, North Carolina. Coach K trying to get to the championship game in his final one rematch from what happened at the end of the regular season. Need I say more? King, who you got? North Carolina. Oh, okay. Okay. I just think they're a better team than Duke. Wow. All right. I like it. See? I mean, look what they did to St. Peter's. Come on. (laughs) They made that look like a November game. Uh, To be honest with you. Uh, Duke I love is, St. Peter's. They beat Kentucky. They're yeah. they're my new favorite team. Duke is uh, interesting in that obviously they were a defensive mess in the second half against North Carolina a month ago, but to their credit, they've cleaned it up. Part of the reason they've cleaned it up is that he has gone zone a few times, and guess what that does? It takes a guy that just doesn't like defending. And it makes life easier for him. You know who that player is? Paulo Bencaro. He is not a good on-the-ball defender. In fact, he's not interested in it. But in zone, it covers him up. Offensively, brilliant passer, shooter, uh, top three NBA pick, and Roach has made a big difference. North Carolina, okay, they don't want to foul you. And Duke has to remember that. They don't want to foul, okay? Leaky Black is their best defensive player, but he's a mediocre offensive player. Mannix's a great offensive player. He's a terrible defensive player. In fact, an absolute liability. I think you add it all up. I think Duke wins a very close game, and the ratings go sky high. Well, Steve, I, I, I agree with everything that you had said there as far as on the court goes, but I just think bottom line, I know you don't believe in this sometimes, and actually, you know what? Scott Spinelli made this point earlier, and I think he's absolutely right. There's all the analytics and X's and O's, but then there's the will to win. Duke's been doing that since that North Carolina game. Duke will win this game against UNC in a close game. 
gonna win this. This is great. <laughs> and by the way, this was my championship game in my bracket, so. Oh, wow. There you That's go. That's really good. So now, now we have our pick set in. Steve, let's go to you. Kansas, Duke. Who do you have in the championship game? Should they meet? Duke. Duke, okay. King, in your championship game, Nova UNC, which is a rematch from 2016, which would also be fun. Who do you yes, have? Yes, in fact, there isn't a single player playing in the game from 2016, so it's irrelevant. <laughs> um, any, many, many more pick a team by the toe. If it hollers, let them go. Out goes Y-O-U. I don't want that. I'm going with Villanova. All right. I like I like the confidence in, in the Wildcats and the Bucknell grad. Yeah, I just love the coach. I think he's just special. Oh, I think I think Jay is very is, is special. I just, I just my problem. They're going to have to keep the pace low tomorrow. I'm talking like fifty something some fifty something possessions, and they're going to have to play with the lead. If they have to play catch up, it's like the running football team that falls behind. Yeah, and you're right. Except for one thing, once they get going, it's a basketball game. You know, I think you're well, 100% no, no, I'm just right. Saying, I'm just saying they got to play with you the know, lead. We beef it so far up that it ends up wherever the ball bounces. You know, yep. it's, it's you don't know. It could be a possession arrow. It could be whatever. You know, it, it, it's a, they're all playing at a very high level right now. Oh yeah, all of them exactly. Are, you know? But I think I think if Kansas falls behind, they've got enough firepower to come back. Yeah. If yeah. Villanova falls behind, it's like, oh man, they're going to have to really work to get yeah, it I done. I saw uh, the Kansas Miami game. I think Kansas just freaking true. Yeah. Man. And yeah. that's why I have Kansas winning it all over Duke. That's why they're my champ. I've loved this team all year. I like what they do. I think they steamrolled Miami. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to Duke. I just think Kansas is going to win, would win that game because they're the better team, though I, I know I made the will to win comment. I just think Kansas would be the better team. Yeah, they, they, what they did to Miami, that was a close game in the first half. In the second half, they just plain said, you know what, get out of the way. You know, and Miami they had won, no answers. So. They all won four games. They all have the will to win. <laughs> okay, yeah. they're all, okay. Oh, yeah, they're, they're all, all playing they're, at they're, a super they're all high level right will to now. Win. I mean, that's, that's what makes the Final Four great, you know. Seldom do you see a blowout. 